don't you come on up, brother, and share with us what God has today. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Cal. Wow. Phew. God is so good, isn't he? You're going to have to give me grace. I've been in a prayer room. So I haven't been in the church setting where you look at me and I look at you and we really don't know what to do. <laughs> okay. Anybody with heart, you, had a, you, have, you have a heart condition, specifically circulatory. Like there's a circulatory system, something's not quite firing in a circulatory system. Heart condition, something not quite firing in a circulatory system. Is that anybody? My baby. Right here. Okay, I got two. Your baby. Okay. All right. What's your baby's name? Emery. Emery and Leroy. Okay, could we... <laughs> I, I, again, you have to give me grace because I haven't been in a church setting, so really not used to you just sitting there looking at me. I'm really used to you being something and doing something. So what I want you to do is I want you to gather around these two because I believe you have power because you're the church. So I want you to gather around Leroy and I want you to gather around Amanda. Let's just pray for him. Can we do that? Ah, look at this. Look at us. Come on. I'm going to lead us. You, you pray too. I want you to pray too. Okay, I'll lead us. So Father, as we were in the prayer room this morning, God, you spoke that right here. God, you are. We sang about it. God, you're a God of miracles, right? You signs and wonders, Father, that hasn't ceased in this day. So we know, Father, right now you have the ability right here to hear the, 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 heal this baby right here. And so, Father, I speak healing. I speak healing. I speak to the circulatory system to be whole. I speak to the heart to come into the alignment. I speak healing over this baby right now. No weapon formed against it shall prosper. I speak life, 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 life over this baby, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your revelation. Father, I speak over Leroy's body right now. We, as the body of Christ, come into agreement for healing. So we speak healing over Leroy's body. We tell it to come into alignment. We tell circulatory systems to come into alignment. We tell blood to flow freely. I speak to high blood pressure. I tell it to go. I speak to clogged arteries. I tell them to go in the mighty name of Jesus. Just touch Leroy's body right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you that you reveal to heal. So we praise you for these healings right now. And I just pray there'd be a demonstration right now. Leroy would feel a demonstration of your presence and that baby would feel a demonstration of your presence of the healing that's happening right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. Amen. I'm so, oh, so good to see you. Anybody pacemaker? I heard that in worship. Pacemaker, you need a you, you got a pacemaker or need one? You have one? You have one. It's working good. Amen. But let's pray over the pacemaker. Okay, I'm, we're going to do that. Anybody else need a pacemaker or have a pacemaker? Okay, good. Right here. So, Autumn, lay hands on her. Oh, let me get, no, let me, let me stay in my lane. So, Father, I thank you right now, God. I just speak healing, healing, healing over her heart. Father, we just speak, God, 
whatever the pacemaker, God, we just speak healing. We speak life over this precious woman of God. I thank you for this woman of God. I just see a long legacy of inheritance, God, and just generational legacy. So I just bless her. I bless her. I bless her, God. Pour out your oil of gladness upon her from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Thank you, God, for this woman. And I just bless her. And so, Father, we bless this pacemaker in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Well, we are, uh, I got over here, I got Connor and Autumn, they came with me. We are, we are at Lebanon House of Prayer, and God has called us to a prayer room. And guess what we do? We pray! And then people come up and say, hey, what do you guys do at the prayer room? We pray! No, 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 I know you pray, but, like, what else do you do? We pray! No, no, I know you pray, but what else do you do? We pray. That's what we do. We pray. Isn't that amazing? We pray. Why? Why do we pray? Well, God landed us in Lebanon, Tennessee, and uh, it was so funny this morning. We were sitting here, and we got here early. And so we were sitting here, and we were watching, you guys, we were watching all these people disappear into this secret room. And I was like, wait a second, what's over there, Connor? So I was like, I'm going to go check it out, right? So I slip over there, and it's got like black tape over it. I was like, this is even better. Like people are walking in there, young and old, and they never come out. I was like, what's going on over there, Connor? I was like, I'm going in there. You know, and the door like swung open and I saw like some gym equipment. I was like, I don't know. They might be working out before church. I have no idea. Right. And so I peeked in there and, and, and my brother said, oh, no, they're praying in there. I was like, oh, that's my kind of people over there. See, I'm way more comfortable over here, over there than I am here. <laughs> way more comfortable. So uh, we went in there and we prayed. And man, it was a powerful time because the Lord met us. And so this week. I am going to crawl down your throat about prayer. Like, why don't you pray? Like, why do we pray? Prayer, Wesley said, is where the action is. If you are serious about winning your city, which you should be serious about winning your city, if you want to see a city saved, just like Nineveh, with Jonah... 120,000, we're going to have to pray, okay? Okay, you look excited. All right, so we're good. So, Lebanon House of Prayer, what do we do? We pray, okay? So, what happened is I landed there. We started this prayer room. We pray Monday through Friday, like 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., so not a long time, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Then we pray from 6 p.m., we change the hour, from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday, okay? So, that's what we do. We just pray. Thursday night, we gather together in a city service, okay? So other churches come, and we just pray and worship and declare over our city who Jesus is. Because we believe if we'll just lift Jesus high, he will come down, and he will magnify himself, and he will come, and he will literally break down every high place that is. If we'll just keep 
lifting him high. So we just keep lifting him high, believing that he's coming down and breaking down all the strongholds in our city. That's what we like to do. That's, that's just, oh, that gets us fired up. So I ran into a problem because I wanted to pray, but then all these little community started getting drawn because they wanted to pray. And so I would stand up Thursday night and I was like, Lord, look at all these people. What do we do? Because we're trying to pray and worship over our city. What do you want to say to them? And so I began to think about it and I said, okay, if we want to see 40,000 saved and set free in Lebanon, Tennessee, if we want to see that, where do we start in the word? And I went to the book of Acts, right? Because I figured the book of Acts, they won their whole world. So I figured that's a good place to start. Okay, three of you are with me. Good, good, good. All right, so come with me to Acts chapter one. And when I got into the book of Acts, as you're turning there, I got into the book of Acts, I found three themes in the book of Acts, okay? Three themes, okay? So, three themes in the book of Acts. They just keep going. They don't stop, okay? So the first theme I found is gonna be this section over here. When I point at you, I want you to yell, praying. Are you ready? Pray. Okay, good. Ready? Pray. Oh, you're getting more bold. You ready? Oh, you're loving it. Good. Praying. So when I came into the book of Acts, what I found is I found a church praying. They never stopped praying. They just kept praying. Like you see it in Acts chapter 1. You see it in Acts chapter 4. You see it in Acts chapter 8. Then you see it again. And you see it again. And you see it in Acts 9. And you see it. And they just never stop praying. So if we're going to win our world, we've got to be a people who are praying. praying. Got to be a people who are praying. Okay? You good? Okay. Hold on. Oh, no, I got a timer up here. We're good. All right. Second, second group right here. This is the second thing I saw in the book of Acts. So the first group over here, the first thing I saw was? Praying. You guys are doing good. You guys are together, okay? Because there's four, I didn't know how to divide them. So I'm just smashing you two together. So you two sections are filling. You ready? Filling. Oh, very good. Ready? Filling. Oh, you're saying it like you're excited. Filling. filling. So the second thing I found in the book of Acts is I found that the Holy Spirit began to pour out and the disciples got filled. But one of the things that's interesting is I, you know, I was like, okay, the disciples got filled in Acts chapter 2, but then I read Acts chapter 4. And guess what happened? They got filled again! And I was like, wait a second. They got... And then you read the next couple chapters, and someone else is getting filled! And then you read the next couple chapters, and someone else is getting filled! So I realized that the early church was constantly getting filled with the Holy Spirit. So it wasn't just a one-time event. See, it wasn't something that happened to you in 1952, right? It's something that, ha 
that it's ongoing. I'm, whoa, God's pouring out his, oh, God's pouring out his, oh, God's pouring, every Sunday morning, God's pouring out his spirit again over me. Woo! So I was like, wow, filling. So over here, you guys ready? Ready? Third thing I saw, this is Pastor Cal. Third thing I saw. You guys over here, you're small, but you're mighty. Okay, you ready? Going. Ready? Going. Going. They are mighty. <laughs> Going. They went. They didn't huddle together. They didn't say, hey, let's all just stay together. They didn't say, hey, let's just stay in the upper room. No, they began to pray. And then when they prayed, they got filled. And then when they got filled, they went. And then guess what happened? They came back together and they started praying again. And when they prayed again, they got filled again. And when they got filled again, they went again. Are you ready? So this is the book of Acts. Ready? That's the book of Acts. <laughs> yeah. But listen, you can't go unless you've been filled, and you're not going to be filled until you start praying. But the problem with the church is we want to go out of our human natural resource. Because we're filled with ourselves because we haven't been praying. And so we live in the church culture as Martha's. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? And we're making no impact in the kingdom. No transformation. Nothing's happening. Because we're... Do you see what I'm saying? We're going in self because we're filled with self because we're not praying. So this revival... This time, I'm here to activate you. Because guess what? When you read through the book of Acts, there's none of this. There is no place in the book of Acts, which is, this is interesting, and I'm not against this, I love this, but there's no place in the book of Acts where you come, you sit, you stand, you might sing, you might not, depending on if you know the song, you sit back down, pastor prays, hey, someone stands up, gives a good word, we all go to the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> and we start watching NFL, but that's really what we wanted to do on Sunday anyways, but we had to check this off the list. So what's interesting about the American church is there's an expectation of what's going to happen this morning. Like you have an expectation. And I don't think it's God. Why? Because you're so anointed, you're anointed to bring the kingdom to Latina. You're anointed. I'm anointed, but you're anointed. And you're just as anointed as I'm anointed. There's no difference between me and you. Why? Because we have both the same Holy Spirit. So I can pray and you can pray. I can get words of knowledge, you can get words of knowledge. 
But we've trained ourselves that we're spectators to come and watch a show. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you, do you see that makes sense? And you got to have this. Like, I'm not saying you can't have this. But what would happen if you came in every week and you were on the edge of your seat? Why? Because you went into the secret room. Be careful if you go in there. You went into the secret room. You started praying. You started saying, hey, I want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I want, hey, listen, all of us have been probably had the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But what we're praying for in Lebanon is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit over a community that will transform a city. That's what we're praying for. I'm not praying for an imp uh, like a personal outpouring. I'm praying for a community outpouring where the, the Holy Spirit comes in such a way that our city gets transformed. Amen. We saw a glimpse of it at Asbury. So it can happen in Lant Lant Lantana? Lantana. I, I missed the end. Lantana, Texas. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to happen. Amen. Okay. I love that timer. Probably won't follow it, but I love it. Just kidding. That was a joke. All right. So chapter one, I want to talk to you about praying. This is what we're going to focus on this week. We might get into a little filling, but we're going to focus on praying, okay? So we're looking at these people over here, my prayer warriors, right over there, okay? Praying, interesting. Open up Acts chapter one. Listen to this. This is so weird. You guys, this is so interesting. So start in Acts chapter one. We'll just read verse one, and we're just going to flow through this real quick, okay? Are you good? feel like you're looking at me and I feel awkward okay so let's you're good yeah you're good amen okay don't fall asleep yet here we go Acts 1 1 listen to this the former account I made O Theophilus of all that Jesus began to do and to teach first thing I want to talk to you about is when you go into the world you're not going to teach the world you're going to demonstrate the kingdom let me say that again when you go into the world you're not going to teach the world what you have you're just going to demonstrate the kingdom because when you demonstrate the kingdom of God, then you teach them what you just demonstrated. And when I demonstrate the kingdom, the kingdom's inside of me, so I can demonstrate Jesus in the kingdom, then I teach what happened. In the Western culture, we actually do it opposite. We try to teach in the demonstration. You know what I mean? Okay, you don't know what I mean. That's okay. We'll keep going. You know what I'm saying? So I try to teach you something, and then I'm like, hey, let's do it. But what if Jesus just demonstrated, and the disciples are like, what was that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how did he take those fishes and multiply, you know? Like, what was that? You know, hey, what did he do? You know what I mean? And then they're sitting around the campfire, and Peter's like, hey, Jesus, what was that? Do you see that? See, he didn't teach in the demonstration. He demonstrated the kingdom, then taught. What if we could be people of the kingdom who demonstrate the kingdom wherever we go, and then we could teach if people ask? Yeah. Amen. I'm encouraging myself this morning. You're doing good, Chad. Keep going. Acts chapter 1, verse 2. Listen to this. It says, 
until the day in which he's taken up after through the Holy Spirit, he had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. So you got to see this. Acts 1, you come into the scene. Jesus has risen from the dead. Okay, so Jesus has risen from the dead. Comes in Acts chapter 1. Luke introduces, hey, everything he did and taught. Okay, then he says this. So interesting. You got to get this. He says this. Jesus gave them commands. And we know that after his death and his resurrection, he was on the earth for 40 days. Look at your neighbor and say, 40 days. Look at your other neighbor and say, that's significant. Okay, 40 days. Okay, so listen to this. He presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days. So he comes to the disciples, or the, yeah, the disciples, and he says, hey, I'm alive. And he gives them commands. Okay, you good? Gives them commands. And he's here for 40 days. Now, you have to understand, 40 days is significant because in the Bible, you know, we think, whenever we think in the Western culture, we think scientifically, so we think of a literal 40 days. And it probably was a literal 40 days, so I'm not arguing that. However, in the Hebraic culture, they thought storytelling. They thought that type of storytelling. So when they say 40 days, they're talking about ongoing, continuous, and a lot of times 40 days represented you're stepping into something new. So at the end of the 40 days... Some, a new season is coming. So Jesus, you got to get this. Jesus has got 40 days with him. When he shows up, he's alive. He says, look at me, okay? He's walking through walls. Things are weird because he's eating fish still. So you're like, I'm not sure how he walked through the wall, but he's still eating the fish. So everything's, I guess, okay, all right? So... He's alive. We know he's alive. He shows up. He says, I got a couple commands for you. We don't know what the commands are. We don't know all the commands. And he says, I got 40 days. Boys, I got 40 days with you. Boys, I got 40 days with you. Boys, I got 40 days with you. Why? That's significant. Why? Because Jesus knows something's going to happen after the 40 days that something brand new is going to happen. And so Jesus feels the weight of those 40 days. So when he shows up, look at what he does. When he shows up, this is so wild. When he shows up, he's speaking of the things pertaining to what? The kingdom of God. So when he shows up, Oh, wow, look at that. I see myself on the screen. That was weird. Okay, sorry. I'll just stay focused here. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. That, I know that guy. Anyways, things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So when Jesus shows up, he says, hey, I've got 40 days with you, and I've got to talk to you about the kingdom. I've got to talk to you about the kingdom of God. See, I don't want to talk about anything else but the kingdom of God. 
I want to talk to you about what's coming. I want to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit's going to get poured out upon you. I want to talk to you about everything that I did. You guys are about ready to get launched out and do the same things I did. Do you remember the baptism of John? You see, I want to talk to you about this kingdom. Why? Because I'm getting ready to ascend and pour out that kingdom. And you guys have got to be ready to receive the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God no longer will be up there. But the kingdom of God is coming to earth through you do you see that so he's got 40 days to talk to you 40 days to get in your face 40 days he doesn't want to talk about anything else but the kingdom of God now if I was a disciple I'd have questions like Jesus how did you pull that off right like, what happened when you were in hell? Like, where did you go for three days? Like, come And Jesus is like, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk to you about the kingdom. Why? Because you've got to understand what you're getting ready to step into is the kingdom of God. God's getting ready to pour out his spirit upon you, and the kingdom of God is coming here, and you guys are going to bring the kingdom of God to the earth, and I'm going to the Father to grab the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to pour it out on you guys, so you've got to be ready to receive the kingdom of God. I don't want to talk about anything else. The kingdom. Gets you excited, doesn't it? 40 days. It's never good when a speaker brings a Stanley. You know how much water is in there? It's never good, but it's okay. Now, this is the fascinating part. So listen, look at the verse. This is so interesting. So verse 4. So you good? You caught up? Verse 4. And being assembled together with them... He commanded them. Now we know there's other commands. Like we know there's other commands. Actually, Peter talks, I think, in Acts 2 about another command that they received from the Lord. So we know there's other commands, but here's the command from Jesus. So think about this. You guys got to think about this. Have you ever put yourself in the story? Like don't idealize the story because I know you know how the story goes. But put yourself in the story. Like be a disciple. Could you imagine? Team huddle with Jesus. Right? Okay, so think about this. Team huddle with Jesus. Now think about it. We're going to win. Because you can't kill the guy. Because he's just going to pop back up. We're going to win the war. What are you going to do to Jesus that you haven't already done to him? We win. So we got a team huddle. So hey, Jesus says, hey boys, huddle up. I got something to tell you. So hey, we're going to huddle up, man. And, and I'm thinking, okay, Jesus, what do you want to do? Where do we start? Do we start with Pilate? Do we march down to Pilate's place, overthrow him? What's he going to do to you? I mean, hey, how are we going to overthrow Rome? Like, hey, Jesus, how are we, we going to win this world? Like, how are we going to take Israel and make them, you know, uh, the nation above Rome? Because Rome is now defeated because, Jesus, you popped up from the dead. No one can kill you. This is great. So you want me to go get the guns? 
You want me to get the swords? This is a team huddle. We're going to overtake the world. Right here. And so Jesus is calling the team huddle and he's saying, hey, listen, I got a command for you. You're like, okay, great. Let's huddle up. I wonder what the command is. This is going to be great. We're going to win the world. We're going to overthrow Rome. We're going to take down Pilate. We're going to kick those high priests out. Everybody who's ever said anything bad gets us. We're coming for them. We're going to write something up. Never mind. Okay, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so notice what he says. Here's the command. So could you picture it? This is so great. Could you picture it? We're all the team huddle. I mean, we're ready. We're ready to go. Right? We're ready. Jesus says, hey, I got a command for you. All right, Jesus, what's the command? We're ready. Wait! Peter, what did he say? Did he say, wait? Did I hear him right? Wait? That's the command? Jesus, we're ready to overthrow Rome and your command to us. Wait! I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait. And from what I hear, None of us like to wait. On Sunday morning, when the waitress is trying to serve us food, we don't like to wait. Wait! What? Wait! What? Wait! Really? Wait! Oh, boy. I thought we'd have a better command. Wait on me. But Jesus, I want to go. Wait. But Jesus, we got to win a world. Wait. But Jesus, we got a community to win. Wait. What? That's the big command. Maybe he knew more about us than we thought. Because our human condition is do it ourselves. Our human conditions is pull ourselves up by the bootstrap. Our human condition is we can do it. Jesus, just tell me what to do and I'll go do it. And Jesus looks at the disciples and says, I need you to. need you to wait that's so anticlimactic wait so what do they do you can jump all the way down to verse 14 and we're going to talk about this tonight verse 14 
These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They waited in prayer. They waited in prayer. Have you ever tried to pray? Like, I mean, really pray. Like, just get quiet and sit and pray. And maybe you pray for an hour, maybe pray for 10 minutes, five minutes, doesn't matter time. But have you ever really tried to quiet yourself and pray? And wait. Like, no, I'm not, not talking to God about what you want. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, no, wait and sit and listen and say, God, what do you... What do you say? You know what happens to me when I do that? I go in the prayer room, 7 a.m. I sit in the prayer room. I sit down. Okay, I go on. I'm here. I'm just praising you. I'm thanking you. I'm listening. Car insurance. Oh, yeah, I got to pay the car insurance today. I totally forgot about that. It's 7 a.m. I should get on my computer right now, and I should pay the car insurance. No, I don't have to do that. That's okay. I'm going to write that down. Pay car insurance. Oh, I forgot to mow the lawn. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, the lawnmower's broke. I need to go. Oh, man, I forgot. I should go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. Because when we wait in prayer, things begin to bubble to the surface. And sometimes it's hard to wait. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it's hard to wait. Sometimes I go in prayer and I begin to pray and God puts someone's face right in front of me. And I was like, God, yeah. I'm very happy with them. I'm pushing that aside. I begin to pray again. Yeah, Lord. He puts them right back in front of me. Okay, Lord, what do I need to do? Chad, you need to go back and have a conversation because you didn't treat them very well. Lord, I repent. I'll have that conversation. Going back to wait. That was the big plan to win the world. Wait! In prayer. Well, I'm too busy to pray. Jesus said, wait! In prayer. Right? Do you see that? And we're going to talk about what waiting in prayer does to you. Because you're going to see it in the next three verses. We're going to talk about it tonight. But listen, this is what we're going to do this week. Okay, and I told, I, told, I told Pastor Cal when he called me, I was like, Pastor Cal, I got two things that I'm passionate about. Prayer and deliverance. And the word deliverance scares people. So Pastor Cal said, let's pray. <laughs> no, just kidding, he did that. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, let's pray. I was like, okay, I can teach up prayer, okay? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna begin to demonstrate prayer all week. We're just gonna demonstrate it. So don't plan to come and just sit and do nothing. Because that's not going to work. 
You're going to wait in prayer, and we're collectively, as a group of people, are going to learn to pray in community and wait in prayer. And I promise you, if you'll wait in prayer, God will do something so radical inside of us. Because listen, when you wait in prayer, guess what God does? God begins to reveal all the things that are hidden. God begins to reveal all the things that we hide that we don't want to talk about. And all these things begin to bubble up to the surface and hell begins to bubble up to the surface because hell has been hidden. So we push it down and it begins to bubble up to the surface. And so we're like, oh, wow, why is this, why is this happening? And it's so interesting because when we begin to pray, it feels like all hell breaks loose. So what we do is we stop praying because we don't think it works. <laughs> Have you ever prayed for someone and they got worse? Okay, that's just me. But what happens? When you pray, God reveals what is hidden. All hell comes to the surface. And don't worry about that because hell gets the loudest right before it has to leave. So when you begin to pray, guess what God's going to do? He's going to begin to reveal areas of your heart where you need to repent. <laughs> He's going to begin to show you people that you need to make right things. And you're like, God, I'm not here for that. I'm here to win my world. He's like, I know why you're here. Wait on me and let me reveal what's in your heart. Because I got to purify you so I can pour out my spirit upon you. And show me a church that prays and I'll show you a church that begins to get purified. And the things that have been hidden in the church will come to the surface and we'll begin to deal with it. And then as we begin to deal, it will become a healthy church. And when we become a healthy church, we can actually begin to focus on the city. And then we'll begin to decree and declare and pray over the city. And God will begin to reveal the hidden sins of our city that we can confess and repent and stand, stand in the gap for. Then... God will prime us for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our city. <laughs> oh, come on. It works. I'm done. Oh, yeah, I'm negative. Negative 257. Okay, hold on. I'm done. Hold on. Listen to this. And then pastor is going to come and do communion. We've been praying in Lebanon for three years. I could tell you all kinds of crazy stories. Take me to lunch. I'll tell you stories. That was just a free lunch. Anyways, just kidding. <laughs> I could tell you all kinds of stories, but let me tell you this story. Yesterday, in Lebanon, Tennessee, this is why we were late, and still happening today, Senator Pody, our state senator, who happens to be a Republican, he came to us several months ago, and he said, listen, I was trying to book a Republican event. We're gonna have a Republican event at the fairgrounds in Lebanon, Tennessee. And he said, as I went to book it, then he was gonna have Ron DeSantis come in. As he went to book it, God said, don't do that. He heard the Lord say, don't do that. And so he's like, okay. So he hung up the phone. And he said, God, what do you want to do? And the Lord said one thing to him. The king is coming. So he, we've been planning for the last six to eight months. The king is coming event. And the Lord told our senator to get the tabernacle of Moses set it up in the fairgrounds 
So yesterday, they set up a life-size tabernacle, a replica of the tabernacle of Moses. And then with Elhop, we had the privilege of being one of the prayer tents at the end, because after you went through the tabernacle, there, was a, there would be a cross, and then you'd get prayed, because, no, you know, we now enter through Jesus. And so people would come to prayer tents, and we, we would pray over them. And we had 5,000 in our city come through that tabernacle. They got more coming today. The king is coming. But show me a church who will wait in prayer. I'll show you a church that's going to get filled. And when you get filled, you will go. And you will bring transformation wherever you go because you have actually something that brokers transformation. Because <laughs> you can't give what you don't have. You ready? Okay, you ready? Amen. So Jesus, man, we come to you. Come on, play in a prayer room. God, give him such a heart. Give him such a burden. God, I was in the boiler room already, God. There's a, there's a little fire center over there in that secret room. But I pray, God, what's happening in secret will be exposed in the open, God. And I pray this community will become so passionate. Father, teach us to be so passionate about this. Because we can't go. We can't give what we don't have. And so, Father, come on, teach us to wait. Teach us to wait in prayer. Teach us not to get ahead. Come on, Father, we need that outpouring. We need that filling. So, Father, teach us to pray. Even now, God, put intercession on our hearts. We love you, Lord. Have your way. Have your way this week. It's in your precious and holy name we pray.